0: perfect. Clark, you let me know. I see the red light on, so I'm assuming I'm good. Okay. Um so before we talk about our did there did everybody get a handout? Okay. So before we actually talk and again, I want I'm going to draw attention to all of the the missions that we're supporting in in some way, but I want our focus tonight really to be international missions because I want to spend some time introducing you to our international missionaries. But before I do that, let me... I want to read a passage of Scripture that we will all be familiar with. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, right? The Great Commission, which grounds what it is that we're doing as a local church Uh, both inside uh, this building, uh, in our neighborhoods, in society, in this world, right? It it grounds us and it should chart a course, a path for us, Uh, not just with what it is that we're heralding, which is, uh, the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, but it should ground us as well in the way in which we go about it. Right? Our, again, our methods matter, and, and the Great Commission, I think, gives us some insight into our methods. I'm not going to spend a ton of time there, but let me read it. I'm going to pray for us, then um, I'll make a few comments, and then I'll introduce you to these missionaries, and then when we're done with that, uh, we will spend some time praying for our missionary partners. But Matthew chapter 28... Starting with verse 18, right, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. We pray. Lord, thank you for this evening, God. Thank you for my brothers and sisters that were able to come out, God. I, um, I pray that you would help us to be a church, God, that is passionate about uh, seeing the nations uh, brought to faith and brought to obedience, Lord. And so, um, so that requires a, a mission perspective for us, and I pray, Lord, that, uh, that, that we would be motivated to pray for and to support God financially, uh, the gospel work that you're doing uh, in the world. And we love you. Thank you for all that you've entrusted to us, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So just a few things about this passage, some of which would will be review, but uh, things we need to always keep in perspective as it relates to our Christian life, as it relates to Our missionary endeavors, first and foremost, uh, and you'll know what I'm about to say is this: is that Christ Jesus has authority, right? He says all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, right? And so we go not in our own authority, or we're supporting missionaries not in their own authority, but it's in the authority of Christ Jesus that uh, we worship. It's in the authority of Christ Jesus uh, that we uh, promote the gospel of Christ. It's in the authority of Jesus Christ that that we support missionaries that are promoting the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so missions would not be possible if Christ didn't have authority, right? And so the, the very fact that Christ has authority in heaven and on earth should fuel our motivation to be able to Promote the lordship of Jesus Christ, uh, knowing that God will accomplish exactly what He intends to accomplish through our obedience to fulfilling the Great Commission. And so the authority of Christ should always be the very thing that drives and motivates us in our missions. Okay, and so we go in light of that and we make disciples of all nations, right? And so we want to be a people that are committed um, to making disciples from people from every tribe and every tongue and every language, right? The gospel is, is, uh, is not localized here, right? In the Old Testament, you could see a lot of times the Israelites always kind of fumbling over themselves, hoarding, if you would. Uh, thinking that the gospel uh, or that God's plan was just for them when, in fact, uh, the gospel came to us. It came to uh, the Jews first and then extended out beyond that. It, 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 there was always a more global, broader uh, plan uh, that God had in his redeeming of the world. And so we should be all nations in our perspective. Um, and we, uh, when we make disciples um, through uh, the the message of repentance and faith, repentance of sin and faith in the exclusive savior, our exclusive savior, Jesus Christ. we give them a Trinitarian baptism? And so, um, so one of the defining characteristics of the Christian faith is that we confess that God is one, uh, and that God uh, exists, uh, coexists, is co-eternal with three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So God is one, God is three, and we give a Trinitarian baptism, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then an often neglected part of the Great Commission is that we are to teach them all that Christ has commanded, all right? And so uh, and you've heard me say this before, but we're to be a whole council of God's Word people. And so the Great Commission isn't successful. The Great Commission isn't completed until not only have uh, have disciples been made in every tribe, tongue, and nation, but that uh, the disciples making up that nation are to be brought into submission to the very words of God. And so when when all of God's nations... Uh, have been brought into obedience to the Word of God that will then complete the great commission and so and, and I would and i 've said this before we can 't do that apart from a local church component and so one of the uh, the primary ways and, and the thing that excites us the most as an elder team about um, various missionary endeavors is we want to partner with missionaries that are like minded in their perspective of the Great Commission. We want to partner with missionaries that uh, are committed uh, to preaching the gospel. Uh, to training pastors and to planting local churches. Uh, And and any ministry that comes out of that, a mercy ministry, an orphanage, anything like that, we want that to be auxiliary uh, to the local church. And so we want to make strategic partnerships uh, with people that are theologically like-minded about God and His gospel and His word, uh, we want to make strategic partners with people that are optimistic about God's plans for the nations. Uh, we want to make strategic partnerships with people that not only uh, assent with their words or intellectually um, to the things that we believe matters as Christians, but that they operate according to those things. And so, and that's another way, and you've heard me say this a million times at this point, that our theology. And our, both our theology and philosophy matters. Our philosophy, which is the way we do ministry, is the application of what we really believe. Right? And so we can say all day long that we believe something about God's Word, but if you want to find out what someone really believes, look at how they operate, look at how they function. Right? And so we want to partner in, in with missionaries Uh, and we want to partner with various mission organizations uh, that practice according to the way that they believe, uh, which means there need to be good checks and balances uh, as it relates to just accountability for uh, what these um, missionaries believe and how they function. And so with, with that, just as a little bit of a backdrop, I wanted to give you, I want to introduce you some Um, to a few people that we are supporting in various ways, uh, a few of them directly, some of them indirectly. Uh, And so I'm going to look first at this international mission sheet that we handed you. And so uh, at the very top, and this is in no particular order, it's not even an alphabetical order now that I'm looking at it, um, but the uh, uh, Jesse and Candy Rose are two missionaries that are committed to... Japan is an open country. It's legal to uh, talk about God, talk about His gospel. It's legal to evangelize in the country of Japan. Uh, Yet um, 97, and this is in your notes here, 97.9% of the population is unreached. Uh, The largest part of the population is Buddhist. They're Buddhist, and so sixty-eight point one percent being Buddhist. It is a difficult culture to penetrate. Uh, It's a very personal kind of individual culture, um, and it's 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 difficult to even be hospitable uh, in uh, in this particular culture. But the uh, Jesse and Candy Rose have been there for about a decade, um, and their aim. Uh, is to Is to plant a local church. And so I, I talked with Jesse uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and there seems to be some real traction after a decade of work. Um, it looks like they're going to be able to plant uh, a, a gospel-centered, gospel-preaching local church. And they're mobilizing to do that with some Christians that they've been networking with in-country. Uh, the organization that initially uh, Jesse and Candy partnered with is pioneer uh, missions, um, but they um, they 're a godly couple uh, they 're a godly couple that 's theologically like minded uh, with us here at deer park fellowship and uh, and and their goal is to to plant as many churches as they can, but to plant healthy churches and planting healthy churches is re- a slow, tedious, hard work. And and so it's nothing that really can be expedited. It's nothing that can be put on the fast track. And, and so I think that the evidence that they've been there over a decade not only shows their commitment, but it shows how hard it is to... Um, bring together a people, right? And, and so when I think of uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about being faithful and not being discouraged by seeing this uh, eclipse of fruit, right? F- faithfulness before fruitfulness. Uh, there's people like Jesse and Candy that I think about that have been laboring in Japan for quite a while. And, and, I th- and really, they're really beginning to see the fruit of their labors over a long period of time. And so... So that's Jesse and Candy. Uh I've known Jess I have Jesse has been a friend of mine for probably 16 17 years. So I've known him a really long time. He's a godly man, a trustworthy man. Um so we we went to college together and then he went off and met his wife at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary down in North Carolina. So so that's them, uh and another uh family Uh, that we uh, are supporting is Anad and his family. Um, And so that's the second one in United Arab Emirates. And so um, Anad is a church planter. Uh, He he has a relatively small local church uh, in Sarja, which is right outside of Dubai. And Dubai, I don't know if you've ever been to Dubai before, but Dubai is... uh, It's promoted as a type of Western sort of country, uh, and they do that to garner a lot of tourism. And so years ago, I went to Dubai with a certain picture of Dubai in my mind, and I realized, having done no research whatsoever when I stepped in, that it was not the free country that I... It was not the Western country that I thought it was. It's Western in the sense that you could engage with iniquity... Uh, it, it, to your heart 's content but it is, it is not western in the sense that there 's any sort of freedom of religion and and so the ruler of dubai is Islamic the lay of the land is is very pretty is is very islam dominated and uh and so I remember getting myself into some tricky positions just because i didn 't realize that right out of the gate uh, when people were talking to me about what I was doing and why I was over there and um, and so in in Normal times, that area is not hospitable to the Christian faith. Uh, it's it's better than a lot of other areas, but it's it's not very hospitable. Since COVID, Anad told, or so we skyped with him. When was it, Scott? up uh, six months ish ago, something like that, uh, and. He, he, don't waste a, you know, a, a, don't waste a good crisis. Was <laughs> kind of what I walked away with, it, it, as we've seen worldwide in with COVID, just the way governments all over the place have responded. But um, they have not been able to meet in Sarja due to government restrictions, and so he and his congregation have had to find uh, a gathering place about forty-five minutes to an hour outside of. Uh, Sarja where they 've usually met, and that is still the case going on now and it's it 's made it very difficult to reach into their city, their area um, for uh, any sort of productive gospel conversations it 's difficult to get people to to church being that far away and it being that cumbersome uh, and there's and it's and the economy in in Dubai and the surrounding areas have been hit huge they they were Uh, they've experienced nothing really but prosperity since the the 90s and um and over the last several years have fallen into economic hardship no one is actually from dubai either it's an interesting place everyone comes to dubai from economic for economic opportunity and so literally when you go to dubai you can look around and it's like you're seeing people from every tribe tongue and nation in dubai but but they're struggling financially they um uh, they 're struggling to find a, a a place to meet and it 's all been a trickle down from some of the covid stuff that 's going on but he is the founding pastor of grace evangelical church and uh, um, it is a it is a good gospel preaching healthy local church it 's a church plant out of another church, and so um, Anad went through. He's a he's a graduate of a particular seminary, but even before that, he did an internship uh, with a church called United Christian Church of Dubai, uh, which is a very healthy uh, local church in Dubai that seeks to uh, right in the heart of Dubai train pastors. And because people are from all over the place, they're literally training pastors in an eighteen month program, and they equip them and they send them out all over the place. and uh, and I got to meet with the pastor that, uh, the pastor of United Christian Church of Dubai. I got to look through their curriculum. I got to meet some of their students and their graduates, one of them being Anod here. And it's top-notch, stellar stuff. And, uh, and there's accountability that, um, uh, that Anod has, not just within the, the own, their own elder team that they've developed, but there's accountability from their sending church as well to operate according to the way that they have been uh trained and planted and so uh godly man that's a picture of him and his wife and his three uh his three boys there and he was a i think he was a, did he tell us a medical doctor this was new to me whenever we talk he was a former medical doctor and so he had an interesting take on covid too that i'd have to tell you about another day but the um he was a former medical doctor that the lord called into ministry and um just a, a trustworthy sweet brother uh, the next family here is Vodi and Bridget Bachum. Their kids are not pictured. They have nine children, so we did not have enough space to put them on here. I'm just joking. The um, but they are in Zambia, Africa, and they are uh, they have a focus within a university called a- African Christian University, and. Uh, not only can people go to be trained to be pastors there, but uh, their college, the university there, is very much trained, uh, designed to help promote a biblical worldview. And so, if you know anything about Africa, you would know that the, uh, as far as Christianity goes, they've been impacted very much by prosperity, kind of health and wealth gospel. Preaching. And so, kind of think Benny Hinn, uh, healers, God wants you to be rich, God wants you to be healthy, uh, if only you just have enough faith. Okay, so that sort of teaching and preaching has run rampant throughout Africa. And, uh, and one of the ways in which that is being combated is through a university like African Christian University that's seeking to instill Orthodox. Biblical orthodoxy train men and women uh, and try to uncomplicate or dismantle some of the confusion that's plagued Africa so for so long as it relates to uh, Christianity and so uh, so Vodi is there he's the dean of theology um, there and uh, and they are work the the university is. I'm trying to think of the right way to put it, is is held accountable, if you will, by a Reformed Baptist church in Zambia um, that interfaces with a man by the name of uh, Conrad M. Um, Bayway. And, uh, and so there there is uh, local church accountability to this university. There's a local church focus um, to this university, uh, and there's a desire to be able to capture men and plant... Um, churches that uh, is interfacing here with the university as well. Um, And so, and if you, I'm sure you've already read this, though there's little, there's a great deal of religion in Africa, most of it amounts to little more than religious noise and confusion, syncretism, witchcraft, immorality are rampant, doctrinal confusion is even found among those who truly believe, and that doctrinal confusion is a nice way to talk about prosperity gospel stuff. And so that that's Vodian. I don't know. Has any have you guys been familiar with Vodian Bacham's ministry prior to me just staying that? So he was a pastor in Texas for a long time. He's published some really helpful books uh, on parenting, on local church. Uh, we've got a book by him that's fantastic, just on kind of the current stuff that we see going on in our society. It's called Fault Lines. That's out in our library uh, as well. And so he he you got that book and so yes yeah, it's a fantastic book yeah really really good book and so he he is um he is a sharp godly man and uh Clark just went down um you just got back last week i'm trying to get all my thoughts together Clark went down to Florida for seminary for the last couple of weeks and Vody was uh teaching the class that Clark was a part of while he was down there and so um so that. uh um, very encouraging brother in the Lord. And then we have Jordan here, which really is, jo- is Georgia. Um, it's Eurasia. And so you guys remember Pastor Randy, who has deep roots here at Deer Park. And so Pastor Randy, we're supporting Pastor Randy's family by supporting the Southern Baptist Conservatives of Virginia through the IMB. And, uh, and so Pastor Randy is working to help train some pastors uh, through uh, an organization called the Timothy Initiative, and um, uh, for the safe, with the hopes of planting some churches, and so some of the work that Pastor Randy did back in Kazakhstan uh, has given them an opportunity to continue to do that same type of work um, uh, just across the Caspian Sea, and uh, and so that is. Uh, where they're located, and that's where they're spending the foreseeable future. And so um, so we're able to partner with them by partnering with the Southern Baptist Convention that uh, is their sending agency, is their mission agency. And you can certainly sign up to receive their newsletters when they send them out. But he emailed me just on the back, which I'll you know, point out to you in a minute, the, on the back of the sheet, he emailed me a list of things that we could specifically be praying for for he and his family um, as they labor over there. Uh, and then the last, um, this is an organization, not a particular individual. Is Heart Cry Missionary Society? They're based out of Radford, Virginia. So they're just right down the road. The organization. Their executive director is a man named Paul Washer, and uh, and the organization looks to uh, train indigenous pastors when possible um, to plant healthy local churches in environments that are not in unreached environments. And so a lot of the missionaries, it's not the only thing that they do, but that's really a primary thing that they do. A lot of their missionaries, their identities are protected um, because it would be dangerous for their identities to get out. And so uh, I would encourage you to go to their website, which is heartcrymissionary.com, and you can see... um, a list of all the different places that Heart uh, Cry Missionary Society is actively engaged in, but there is a thorough vetting and training of the pastors, and there is uh, an accountability not to just the theology, but again, there's an accountability to the philosophy. And so say a pastor just uh, gives some sort of assent, he and his elder team, to to an orthodox confession, but they begin to operate in ways that contradict that, uh, Heart Cry Missionary Society will pull their funding and pull their support if they 're not able to remedy that in a timely manner and so, um, and so if you 've never heard of paul washer uh, he 's a fantastic missionary gospel preacher. Uh, you could uh, look up more about him as well he 's written some really helpful um, books as well that um, you may be encouraged by so on the back, all of our missionaries have sent us um, some things that we could specifically be, be praying for them about. As you can see, some have sent us more information than others have uh, have sent us. But um, these are the things that I am hoping that we can pray for tonight um, for our missionaries. And I, they know that we're talking about them tonight and they know that we're praying for them. And, and they really, truly appreciate both financial support and they appreciate the prayer as well. And then quickly, because that was where I wanted to spend the bulk of the time, and then I would—I was going to open it up to you guys to be able to ask any questions you want. Um, a, a few things that um, that we're engaged with just locally, Cairnet Peninsula, as you guys know, which seeks to um, to really target. Um, uh, moms who are facing unplanned pregnancy that are uh, potentially abortion-minded. Uh, they're, they're trying to reach them with the gospel. They're trying to convince them to save their child and uh, and to be able to resource them and connect them. And, and they're even interested in connecting them with, with mentors in local churches. And so if um, any of our women in the church particularly have a heart to be able to mentor some of these women that are um, coming out of some pretty horrible... Um, Situations. Don't hesitate to let me know. I'd love to connect you with uh, Ryan over at uh, CareNet Peninsula, and Ryan Holloway is the executive director there, and he is a member at Coastal Church Yorktown, and uh, and then Pastor Sean Brown, the lead pastor at Coastal Church, is now on the board of Cairnet, uh Peninsula, and so, and then the Foster Care and Adoption Initiative is something that really it's twofold. It's it's a, a need. Um, that, that we see within our own congregation of we have some families that seem to have a heartbeat for fostering, and uh, and we want to help resource them and support them and pray for them and really see that as a Great Commission issue, that, that, we, that these families could open up their home to a vulnerable child and expose them to the gospel of Jesus Christ, plant a seed about that. Um, and these kids come out of, as you can imagine, some horrific environments and for whatever time that these families have them, they're brought to Lord's Day worship. Some, we have one family that's in our small group. Their kid is coming to our small group on Thursdays when we meet. And, um, and so it, it's just this opportunity for us to support families that are uh, serving the Lord by serving these children. And, uh, and we want to make sure that we... Um, have some space to help them. Uh, we are also interfacing with an organization called We Are the Echo, uh, which is a nonprofit organization that that is the mouthpiece for the Hampton Roads foster care system, uh, telling us what the foster care system needs, if that makes sense. And so they're they're a, a middleman between local churches and the foster care system. And so uh, the goods that are being asked for uh, for the month of January that, that you guys have been um, donating or bringing, is uh, that is information that we got from We Are The Echo that we will this week take and drop off at their headquarters, and they'll make sure they get it to where it needs to go. And so, um, and so, so that's the foster and adoption initiative. The adoption part of the foster care is uh, genuinely adoption being a great commission issue as well. The elders, uh, we kind of have a vision for if there's a family in our church that um, the Lord stirs in them to, uh, to adopt a kid, we want to be able to, to help with that some financially. And so we're wanting to create space in our budget to be able to help a member of our church to adopt uh, a child if, uh, if that's the case. So, um, so that's the adoption Part of that as well. We wanna we wanna be people that are are caring for for the vulnerable, right? And and we wanna make sure that we're tying that to the Great Commission. And then ESOL English speakers of other language is um, many of you guys know, they meet here on Thursday nights. And so over the last really couple of years, it's been difficult to get that rebooted with COVID and everything. But um, th- there is a strong attempt at getting that. Up and running like it used to be up and running, but um, as you guys know, this is a place where a lot of refugees come. This area is a place where a lot of refugees come, and and uh, and a a, com- a very precious commodity is the English language. And so, being taught English, uh, at one point we were doing citizenship classes in there. All of that stuff is really valuable to um, uh, to to some of these refugees and these people that are immigrating here. And uh, and while the Many of them are not open to the gospel. They hand their kids over a lot of times for uh, to be watched over while they're learning, and and there's. Um, and aim to be strategic about exposing their children to the gospel of Jesus Christ, and and so, um, and and there's just relationships that people that are volunteering in there try to prayerfully cultivate, hoping that they can have some gospel conversations from literally people from all over the world. Uh, Caleb Montemayor was the executive director of that. He just resigned. Um, like two weeks ago, he took a job as the volunteer coordinator at Riverside Hospital. And, um, and so I met with him last Thursday morning to talk about that. And um, he is going to continue to volunteer in ESOL uh, and uh, in some other places that he's volunteering for Coastal. But I think the reins have been handed over uh, to Joey Harris. If you guys remember Joey Harris, he was a missionary in Honduras, uh, that coastal supported for a long time, and so they have come back over. He and his family right now they're living in the the house in the back of the property here. He and Leslie and their two kids, and so he is uh, he has gone on staff, and I think is over. This is one of the uh, one of the areas of ministry that he's overseeing. Him and a lady named Susan Butcher are uh, kind of running things for ESOL. but they're meeting on Thursday nights here, six fifteen to eight thirty. So in, in Joey's email is at uh is there on the bottom. And then the food mission, uh you guys know we uh we partner with Coastal. To me there's no sense in trying to duplicate what Coastal's doing just 2 miles down the road. Coastal's food ministry is top notch. And so we have an opportunity to continue to support that with volunteer hours, uh with with canned goods and 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 we have a lot of people in the church body that are actively volunteering uh in that ministry. And so and then PRM uh, is honestly a, a ministry we have not interfaced with a whole lot since being here, but it's one we wanted to keep on the radar because it is an opportunity um, to be able to go and uh, cook breakfast for some men that are. Uh, this is in in some way a, a house for people that are coming out of um, addictions or overcoming addictions, trying to get their feet on the ground. There's some certain mile markers these men have to hit in order to be at this home. Uh, One of them is a chapel that's provided for them, which um, we've spoken at before, and uh, one is actually getting a job, Um, and and so the Peninsula Rescue Mission is is, uh, a a ministry that seeks to get men um, back on their feet that have made some bad decisions prior to that. And so, like I said, while we haven't really engaged with them since being here, it's a um, it's a good ministry that um, would be good to keep on our radar. But anyways, that is just a, a, a bit of a bird's-eye view of the missionary um, partners that we have. Do you guys have any questions about any of them? Or is there anything that I've said that's not clear? Always run that risk.